This here's a true story. Happened to a friend of a friend of mine. Welcome back to Queer Horror Cult. Yeah, episode 21. Wow. wow. Le- old enough to blackjack. drink or yeah. whatever. Old enough to drink in everywhere. Years instead of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. 21. Big number without context. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I shouldn't be allowed to open episodes. No, I, I like that you open episodes. It's fun and different. Okay, we'll go uh, with that. We'll go with that. So, before we get into the new episode, uh, last week's episode, I feel like there were a couple things that, you know, we didn't have the facts in front of us, Mm -hmm. or we left a couple blanks that I wanted to fill in, and we've since done more research on the scintillating fun topic of necrophilia. Yep. So, we kind of wanted to just sort of close those gaps and Mm -hmm. finish up with last week's. To start, we referenced a classification scale. For there's like a 10 tier classification of necrophilia. And just for the sake of citing our sources, I wanted to mention that that was by Dr. Anil Agraval, PhD from New Delhi, I believe. That sounds right. Uh, he wrote a book called Necrophilia, Forensic and Medico Legal Aspects. And in this, he details these. 10-step things among a whole bunch of other things. I've been reading this book, and it's wild. He's pointing to the theories and, like, ideas behind the etiology of necrophilia that came before this book. Mm. And apparently one of the things that was pushed a lot was necrophilia as a personality disorder. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just buck wild reading all this stuff where it's just like, oh, okay, so... I'm interested in funerary culture and practices. Therefore, I suffer from this uh, personality disorder, do I? Oh, shit. Didn't see that coming. (laughs) Um, You're a necrophile. And you're a necrophile. (laughs) You're all necrophiles. necrophiles. (laughs) (laughs) If you think about it. (laughs) Oh, shit. So that was one thing that was wild. That that wasn't what he he was suggesting with his book so much as pointing at what came before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, he did have a 10 tier classification. We referenced this a few times and I figured it might be cool to quickly go over Mm -hmm. what that is. And and name the guy because, you know, it is his work. So yeah, like I said, Dr. Anil Agrawal did this. Um, Tier one of the 10 tier scale is role players. These are people who fantasize like they get their partner to pretend to be dead kind of thing. Like, they don't actually engage in anything beyond just pretending. But they're a little freaky. Yeah, they're they're into the freaky shit. <laughs> um, tier two is romantic necros. They are the ones that are attached to a loved one who's passed on. Mm. Like you, I believe this is the story going around with uh, Ava Perron's death. Part three is necrophilic, or tier three is necrophilic fantasizers. These are people that they have fantasies about actually fucking the dead, but that's the extent of it. 
four is tactile necros. They're the ones that like they get off on touching the dead and fondling the dead. So so these are the kinds you, who uh, probably that you 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 see in all the crime shows that when they have a dedicated episode of they're trying to find some necrophiliac killer and they accidentally discover some guy working in a funeral home or and he's it. just like I just want to crack open yeah. a cold one with the boys yeah they're not having this I think he literally said that joke in Criminal Minds yeah who doesn't like to crack open a cold one. But yeah, so these are the the people that are are handling our bodies when we die. Mm-hmm. Who knows what they're into? And there is a um, urban legend slash rumor that that is exactly what befell Marilyn Monroe's oh. remains. There's a, ru- a rumor that you know, like necrophiles came out in full force when she died, Oof. which is yeah, exactly that face. Ugh. Um, Poor woman can't get any respect in life or fucking death. No goddamn kidding. Jesus. That is just... Anyway, tier five is fetishistic. They're the ones that steal tokens or body parts from the dead. Oh, like cutting off hair and shit? Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, think that X-Files episode with Donnie Faster, who's just like, oh, I want to take your fingernails and dye your hair red and all that kind of stuff. And is like obsessed with Scully and shit. Yes. I watched that while you were gone. Oh, yeah, you would have gotten that far, didn't you? I did. Tier six is necromutilomaniacs. They're the ones that want to mutilate the dead. Okay. So, so far, we're at the first six of the ten tiers, and no one's actually fucked a corpse yet. Mm-hmm. So, just throwing that out there. Seven is opportunistic necros. They're the ones that they find or come across a body and therefore go for it, but they wouldn't necessarily seek it out otherwise. And this one seems wild to me, where it's just like hiking through the woods. Oh, there's a corpse. All right. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> All right, lads. Kind of thing. <laughs> Tier eight is the regular kind that we think of where it's people that would go and dig up bodies or work in a morgue and actually engage in intercourse and like that kind of stuff. So now we're at the corpse talking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, seven would technically be that, but this is the kind where they really shoot for that. The kind kind we think of. Yeah. Yeah. Nine is homicidal necros. This is the lucker, the necrophagus of them. Right. You know, who it's just like... Oh, I'm really into this. I better kill someone. I need to kill somebody to acquire their body. The murder is just a means to an end. Yeah. And then 10 is exclusive, which is like the idea that they can't even be with the living. And it's just like the living do not enter into it. It is exclusively let's get with the dead. Can't get it up for the, the breathing. Exactly. Okay. Anyway, so that is the 10 tier scale that we were referencing last yes. time. And it amazes me that it has really been broken apart that explicitly mm-hmm. you know because um i feel like there's probably more classifications than there are modern cases of people doing and this, that's just you know? it right like there, um, there's so much stuff that i mean I, like necrophilia at least in the dsm and stuff fall, well no i think i read i haven't actually looked in the dsm i forgot to before recording this but because um, i think it just used to be classified as like a like paraphilia not otherwise specified or whatever but now it's its own entry i think i read yes i have to uh open up my pdf that i found that i found on ancestry.com of all places (laughs) of the dsm-5s yeah how they changed that up yeah but um yeah that's like we talk about this classification and and stuff and yeah there's so many things that 
you know, it's the best we have right now, but there are so many people who are like, you know, in years from now, we're going to look at like the DSM and all these the classification systems we have now and be like, my God, what fucking primitive, archaic, mm. like, what were these people thinking? Well, they didn't know shit. And it's just, like, we really don't know just shit. Just look at the early ones compared to now too, mm. where it's just like homosexuality was considered a mental disorder yeah. in like the first iteration. Even things like, um, like you, you get... So there's so many things that have uh, symptoms that cross over with one another, so you can't always have a clear diagnosis. Or yes. there are some that, like, I think I've, I've spread some people arguing that, like, borderline personality disorder, they're like, there's too many things in here, and they, it, it is experienced in so many different ways that this shouldn't just be, like, one category. It should be separated into more nuanced. Right, like, it's almost like, like it's an umbrella Yeah, term yeah, for exactly. A bunch of I it's have like, we don't know what to do with you, that particular one starting to be explored and opened up mm-hmm. as that. Um, but you're totally right where it's one of those things where it's just like, it's so nebulous. Yeah. And what? it's like, this is the best we can do right now, but, but one day yeah. we're going to figure it out. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, so we're still, still we're expanding trying. these. So that's yeah. where I guess this whole 10 tier thing maybe makes sense where mm-hmm. it's just like, why limit it to one umbrella right. thing that just blood all over everything. Yeah. You know? No. And that's interesting that, cause you, yeah. How many of these, like you said, there's, there are probably other probably more classifications than there are cases, which makes me wonder how, to what extent, like, because I mean, at this point, this is probably just a, just a theory, I say in scare quotes, because the theories are obviously quite powerful, and, um, you know, when someone dismisses, like, oh, that's just a theory, it's like... So is gravity. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly, <laughs> so, <laughs> so is so much of the stuff that we understand to be, like, universal constants and truths and yeah. organized life around, but yeah, it makes me wonder how much, like, empirical research can be done on this when it's something that we just like don't want to know don't want to see well i will say reading this book (laughs) i've already learned so much more empirical research than i ever wanted to and and 90 percent of it comes from france from the south oh there is an entire (laughs) an entire section just called like famous french necrophiles and it's like whoa what's going on there sorry vaughn i'm a libertine (laughs) That's basically what's going on there. I think, like, 90% of it is Desaad's fault. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, another thing that I had mentioned briefly in the recommendations is I recommended a movie called Kissed. I just wanted to follow up because I said that I couldn't remember who that was based on. Right. That is based on the case of Karen Greenlee, who is probably the most famous case of a modern necrophile. She had an interview in this book called Apocalypse Culture. All about oh. that. Apocalypse Culture by Adam Parfrey. Remember you telling me about this one? Um, yeah, there's an interview with her about it where she kind of goes... It's it's a fairly brief interview, but it's... um Yeah, that is... That individual was sort of, in a very offhand kind of way, the basis for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, at least there are definitely parallels to be drawn. Sure. Um, beyond little, like, addendums to last thing, there were a couple interesting facts that came up when we were looking into more research or mm-hmm. following up with this uh you had mentioned a case here in canada and the ridiculous like well you go yeah you go um, ahead. i just have it in front of me here it's a vice article because of course it is of course it so is so much i get so much of my my uh secondary sources and i can from vice and i can just like go research from there it's like wikipedia of necropia the wikipedia of necrophilia that should be their fucking tagline it should anyway um this this article is called necrophilia is a tough crime to adjudicate and it's 
comparing, they're like, yeah, when it happens, what the fuck do we do with it? Because we can't give bodies the same rights that we give humans because that's a very like moralistic, often like religious kind of thing. Absolutely. And you know, this whole idea of separating like the law and religion and the state and the church. Mm -hmm. And so there's, you know, depending on where, where you look at people who have been caught either like attempt in like there, I think there's one that talks about there where the, there were these kids that like by kids, I mean like teens, young men who um, like broke into a graveyard to try and steal the body of a classmate who had died and they wanted to fuck her corpse. And so the, I think somebody wanted to charge them with attempted rape, but Mm -hmm. they're like, but you can't because she's not alive. Like that's just, that's a dangerous precedent. And it's like, okay, fair enough. It's kind of like how piracy and stealing, it's like, don't say piracy stealing piracy is piracy yeah doesn't mean it's not serious or not mm-hmm. just it's, it's you know understand the there yeah. is a difference yeah yeah because otherwise yeah then if, you, if you're giving corpses the same rights as humans then as like living people then it's like you get into the messy whole like oh well then should abortion be illegal because they're and, cursed and like, do we need to do like property taxes on people's graves exactly sites? <laughs> like it's, it's it's just it's fucking weird so they're like okay what do we do with this so um there were a couple and, and it, yeah, talking about, like, you know, defiling a human body, or defiling a bo- corpse, like, that's a, that's also, like, a, a very sort of, like, religious, moralistic thing, mm. and the, how there are actually, obviously, exceptions to this, because otherwise, undertakers and stuff wouldn't have jobs, they wouldn't be able to embalm bodies and stuff, right. like that would be considered defilement, right? Right. So, yeah, it, it's, it's legally very nebulous and very weird. So, um... Yeah, there was, on the one hand, there's this court from, uh, this case, sorry, court case from Pennsylvania, where a 91-year-old woman had someone dig up the bodies of her dead husband and her twin sister from their graves, and they were found, like, propped up in her home. And when they were asked about it, they she just said that she hates death and could not bear to, to have the loved ones, that or the ones that she left in the ground. And they mm-hmm. removed the bodies, but the coroner ended up working with her to be able to build, like, an above-ground vault near her home. And it was, like, sealed, but she could see th- into it. So it's almost creating, like, a like mausoleum type thing. Okay. So that was very... So, yeah, um, it says that she was never charged with a crime, even though prosecutors probably could have if they wanted to. But, I mean, she's a 91-year-old lady who probably has no one left that she loves in her life. They, you know, they, they were a little more compassionate to her than they might have been to... Right. You know, some creep, some dude who dug up the body uh what, what was that case where that doctor like he dug dug up the body of this patient oh, you know what i'm talking fuck. about right i know exactly what you're yeah talking no like about. that guy that yeah. guy's gross he like like made a wax yeah like, like i'm pretty sure i remember her name wax. was elena yes okay we're thinking of the exact mm-hmm. same thing anyway, yeah so apparently Clearly we'll we didn't need another addendum <laughs> but then then um we have a different case this is from hamilton ontario so go canada represent Woo! Um, there was a woman who, in 2013, kept her husband's body locked in the spare bedroom of her house because she believed that praying would cause him to be resurrected. And she only told their five children and their seven adult roommates about this. The body only, yeah. only this dozen people, <laughs> yeah. only this jury worth of humans, they're, they're fine. This, these apostles. Yeah, and um, the body was discovered when the house went into foreclosure, and the neighbors were not. Uh, especially kind about Mm -hmm. this and you know let the authorities know they decided to or a judge specifically it says agreed to prosecute her for neglect of duty regarding a dead body and offering an indignity to a body a crime which carries a sentence on par with possession of child pornography 
Like, are you fucking kidding That's me? That's the part that fucking blows me my too. Mind. Like, I mean, I guess at the last minute, the charge was dropped with a very stern statement statement from the judge about public health concerns. Which, if we follow anybody in like the death positivity, is also bogus is also bullshit because like, there isn't a health concern. There isn't. There really isn't. That's just Myth. mythological bullshit. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the, the, that's what freaked me out was the idea that like, because so, she, she's not even. You got no sense that she was, like, necrophiliac in the sense of, like, actually defiling or sexually... No, the charges were literally just keeping the bodies. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know... Which, legally, you do not have to, like... My understanding is you do not have to be, like, oh, they are the undertaker's property yeah they're, they're the, the property of the property. state now no because there aren't laws about what can happen when you're yeah, dead like but, not in that sense and because of that some people who get really uncomfortable depending on who is ends up being your judge your lawyer yeah. your authorities has very different results and so yeah it leads a lot of questions about like what the fuck and then it po- points out in the end of the article with you know as immigration continues to increase multiculturalism different death rights and um, expectations after someone dies in different cultures like what the fuck else are we gonna see that hmm. you know maybe normal in one context but gets turns into this like moral panic and yeah what are gonna the Canadian people context? feel when there's a corpse in someone's backyard and they're practicing sky burial kind of totally thing, right know? and it's like what's wrong with this <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah for those but, who don't but, know mm-hmm. of the legal aspect you are not legally obligated to have your body embalmed you are not no. legally obligated to turn your body over to a mortuary like in the sense that it's like that's kind of how it's facilitated when someone dies in the funeral home. Oh well, yeah, somebody dies. You find a body. You have to call nine one one. Kind of thing, and it's like, it's like I believe you are supposed to report the death. Right. Kind of thing. Sure. But that makes sense. Um, I mean, they have to be able to investigate it. Uh, if need be, you need a death certificate. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because of course, there's like taxes. There's this. Mm-hmm. There's that. Like if someone, like you know, pension like, fraud. Exactly. Like, that yes. stuff isn't legal. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's just like there's so many things we take for granted that that's ha- what you must do legally. That is not the fucking case. No, it's just cultural and norm. So that's where you get these weird kind of cases that just kind of fuck you up when it's like mm-hmm. this is on par with child pornography possession like, where are you living people serious? are actually being harmed and like some of the most vulnerable among us of all yeah. of human the human population and fucking like abusing children like that obviously deserves a very severe punishment mm-hmm. i think and Absolutely. i think most people think that I, I agree but with you i'm completely. sorry like keeping a body in your home deserves the same punishment as somebody who gets off on tortured children like like if you want to make the what argument the fuck that is it's wrong with fucking you? weird yeah okay, okay go okay. for it yeah yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's culture it, like especially culturally speaking it's it's super abnormal yeah but it's, it's and yeah it makes a lot the of the idea that it's harming society or harming specific people in the same way that it deserves just, that same level of punitive like that's i'll just say it's fucking idiotic it's like, bullshit yeah. like i cannot believe that yeah anyway since we have talked about this in terms of human autonomy and you know like like rights between the livings and the dead and like does this constitute sexual assault for example and that kind of thing there is one other thing i did want to bring up it's this concept that has tickled me because i found this out doing script research um there's this guy called Stuart holm who invented this thing it was a satirical thing but it's a thing called the necro card and the idea is that you could keep this in your wallet kind of like an organ donor card so when you die on the card, it says, I support sexual liberation. I consent to people having sex with my corpse. 
Kind it of doesn't thing. even let you like specify yeah, which acts specify are like which okay and acts, not okay. Like genders, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> or it's just like you know, if it's just like yeah, I'm cool with lesing out when I'm dead, kind of thing. You can fucking specify that mm-hmm. on the card, and um, it was this sort of satirical thing. And then the backlash he got when he was trying to get it printed, people were just like, "How dare you? You are disgusting!" <laughs> and just like booted him out um, because people didn't get the fucking joke. I guess. And didn't that create a huge demand? For them then, yeah, yeah. A lot of people of were just like, I want one of these necrobards. <laughs> like, shit, these are hilarious. I would love they to are. have one. Um, so that was just a fun little tidbit that mm-hmm. I completely spaced on mentioning right. last time. Anyway, this is not Necrochat, the podcast. It's this not. is a queer horror cult yeah. where we talk horror and queerness and all kinds of cool shit. Mostly among the living, so enough about Mostly. that. Um, so what's today's top? Uh, it happened to a friend of a friend of mine. Oh, yeah? Back in my hometown. You heard it was true, yeah? heard it was true, yeah, yeah. My my uncles, brothers, cousins, dads, ex-roommates, uh, rabbis, uh, sons, uh, uh... Imaginary friends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. We're talking urban legends. We are. We're talking about movies based on urban legends. We are. Kind of thing. Um, and specifically urban legends that exist, like, yes. already... Because we we thought about certain you know so some movies they sort of are based off of an urban legend that is uni- they originally invented, invented for, for the, the film and is kind, kind of, of assumed to exist kind of you think like the ring the killer videotape yeah stuff like that so we, we're gonna there's enough out there of that we're gonna do a separate episode on that sometime in the future so this one is like the classics the tried and true urban legends that you've all heard and these are the horror movies that sprung out of those kind of thing because most of them are. Intended to be... They're scary stories. Yeah. So, of course, it makes perfect sense that there will be horror movies based off of them. Yeah. Um, there actually is, uh, coming up pretty soon, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Right. Which is uh, based on a book aimed at children and young adults that was far too scary. <laughs> um, but some of those stories kind of had uh, a bit of common overlap with urban legends. Mm-hmm. And so that's coming out pretty soon, which is going to be cool. I believe be Guillermo del Toro is producing. All right, then. Um, but we've got some older examples than that. Some of them not so old. This so uh, where do you want to kick this off? So anyone who's taken a folklore class in the, at university, or I don't know, maybe, maybe they talk about that in high school. I don't know. I remember having friends who took that, that uh, general folklore class and talked, okay. about, uh, talked a lot about it. Um, and then I took one sp- specifically on Scandinavian folklore, but we did talk about urban legends in general. And it's funny, I'm pretty sure the prof, like we talked about, cause she asked, you know, what are some examples and people saying, Oh, bloody Mary, mm. um, the, yeah, the stranger calling the babysitter and s- or the like, Oh yeah, we're on vacation and we found this small dog shivering in the sewers. So we took it home and it was just a giant overgrown rat. <laughs> I fucking remember that. that from, on Freaky Stories? Yeah, that was on Freaky Stories, but that yeah. was an urban legend before that, mm-hmm. too. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure with the Bloody Mary, she's like, oh, yeah, I... Because I, she's from the States, and she was saying that she was she was pretty... She'd heard that that was based off of a girl who had actually died in a nearby town or something, and she's like... Yeah. But I think everybody says that. Everyone says that. <laughs> it happened to a friend of yeah, a so, friend no, of a That actually happened around here. That happened down in, like, Red Deer. Yeah. Yeah. Happened next door. There was this person called Mary, and she got she drank too many Bloody Marys and <laughs> fell down the stairs and hit her head in a mirror, and now she's trapped in the mirror as Bloody Mary. Who yes. wants the Bloody Marys? Yeah, and so, um, like, 
all other forms of folklore, or virtually all other forms of folklore, they gen- the stories that persist and t- get passed on from generation to generation and modified, however, according to the cultural standards of the day, are generally seen as serving some kind of didactic function. So, you okay. ha- so for example, um, I guess this is more of a fairy tale, but it, it acts as a cautionary tale, like Little Red Riding Hood. Oh yeah, you know it caught it. It's it's a you think of it as a fairy tale. You tell it to kids, but what does it tell us? It tells us to be careful of strangers. Yeah, otherwise you might get eaten by a wolf. And if you tell you <laughs> in the context of um, telling that to young girls, that yeah. has a very different sort of um, implication, I guess. Like you probably won't get literally eaten, but yeah, you, what a predator could get you, like. Well, it makes yeah. me think of that urban legend that's kind of a twofer for be careful of who you entrust your kids to and being a responsible parent, mm-hmm. along with don't do drugs, where it's the, like, oh, the babysitter gets stoned out of their mind, and when the parents come home, the babysitter's just like, hey, guys, don't worry, the turkey's in the oven, and then they look at the high chair, and there's just a turkey sitting in the high chair kind of thing, <laughs> and it's one of those, like, really trashy urban <laughs> legends yeah but it's telling you a few kind of stories like you know don't get high when you've got these responsibilities mm-hmm. be careful who you entrust your kids to be careful who you invite into your home kind yeah. of thing yeah it's all very very cautionary very uh suspicious of strangers mm-hmm. which i mean i get it but although um ha- having recently taken some updated child protection training through work Mm -hmm. um it one of the funny things is it talks about we you know we spent a whole generation telling warning kids about stranger danger only to have more contemporary research come out and say that the majority of kidnappings of assaults of sexual abuse of all these things that we try to protect our kids from happen the perpetrator is usually somebody that we know yeah, we've be been it thinking a family sh- member, a, a close friend, whoever you least expect kind of thing. We've been thinking stranger danger this whole time, but we should really be thinking family calamity. Like, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. So, yeah, you have this, this... I mean, not again, not that it's a bad thing to be cautious about just, you know, opening sure. yourself up to just anybody. Yeah, it's not there for, hey, weird dude in a pickup Come truck on who's just house. doing that sling blade <laughs> kind of laugh. It's like, here's my kid. Watch them while I go into this gas station and do scratch tickets <laughs> at the counter for the next 45 minutes. Yeah, but you can't have urban legends about, like, prolific ones about your your uh, BFF or your, your brother or your dad or your mom or your aunt or whoever. Uncle Steve was a murderer. Yeah, because... Full stop. And it's yeah, just like, uh, because then, oh, I shouldn't have said that because I haven't... <laughs> But yeah, would that would that uh, cause further breakdown to the nuclear family? Mm. Oh, in that case, we should start these. Be like, so here's an urban legend about how your uncle Steve is a fucking necrophile. <laughs> no, murderer. and not no. your uncle Steve. Everybody is uncle Steve. But my uncle Steve is a legit stand-up dude. I know we like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so urban legends—they persist because they there's something that resonates about them with us and they generally they've got that campfire story appeal they do and they yeah they're spooky they have that appeal and they generally teach us something whether we are aware of that or not Mm -hmm. like most folklore stories or parables fables i think the other word i'm like oh my god like you got the the hook hand with the teenagers making out on the bridge 
and that's just like don't mac before marriage basically like yeah, it's, it, they're not all good plus they're not all good <laughs> they're very, legitimate yeah, stories they're, they're, they seem pretty archaic honestly yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, definitely mm-hmm. like come on the turkey in the oven kind of thing like that it's like if anything it should be like smoke lots of weed because then you won't care what you're eating true yeah, and that's... He's got the, the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you th- and that's the funny thing is you can... It is, I mean, we, we communicate them based on the sort of shared understanding of the cultural... Mores. Mores and uh, lessons being taught, but at the same time, you can take them and flip them quite easily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which we see done in one of the movies we'll talk about, but mm-hmm. more on that later. Yeah. Um, you want to start, I guess, with the first one that we watched? Okay. Okay, so this is a lot more modern... Of a uh, urban legend, but we watched 2018, so last year's Unfriended, The Dark Web. Mm-hmm. I This was one of your selects for this yes. episode. Uh, you care to explain why or like what drove you to it? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, this idea of the the dark web, mm-hmm. it's, it's this mysterious place where there's supposedly a cannibal cafe and like recipes for like human bodies and like all these horrible things that if you just know where to look you can find there them. is a cannibal cafe okay it happened to a german of a german of mine true <laughs> but if you actually that was a crash joke for a very real for a very niche happened. audience <laughs> it made me laugh <laughs> audience of one anyway, anyway. <laughs> if you if you appreciate Lori's joke at us <laughs> on twitter.com or somewhere else just so she knows yeah Anyway, um, I know when I first found out about the dark web, I was like, oh my god, I have to like read all these articles about it mm-hmm. and all this stuff. I've seen YouTube things where YouTube, it's yes. just like creepiest top five creepiest things on the, the dark web. Yeah, can you find the onion to get to it? Basically those, I should be asleep right now, but I'm not, yeah. so I'm going to watch this. <laughs> so yes, a whole bunch of creepy pastas, which are essentially modern fairy tales, or not fairy They're tales. They're online urban legends. Urban legends, yeah. essentially. Like, even if they don't, like some of them pick up, like, Obviously, the Slender Man has for some reason. As of very recently, we have Momo. I still feel bad for the Slender Man guy, like as yeah. in the guy who invented Slender Man, because He's I remember it being like a fucking Photoshop thread online yeah. kind of thing, where it was just like Photoshop creepy pictures, and some dude photoshopped some very skinny looking dude in his suit, and it was like, oh yeah, that's the Slender Man. He comes to get your kids, kind of thing. Yeah. And then it's like, how much fucking bank has been made on this that this dude is probably not seen, seen absolutely a cent none of. of? Exactly. And it's like I fucking remember the fucking post where the dude invented Slenderman mm-hmm. and here we are today. Yeah, no, that's so crazy to see because so many of these urban legends, they don't have one author. Yeah, we can't think of the folklore, origin. Yeah, because f- any folklore is by by its nature like a living text. Yeah. It, we did, what, how do we describe it in class? It's like, are they, is it more like a fossil or a plant? And a plant continues to grow and the roots spread that's out. That's definitely and, how it went with this because mm-hmm. a bunch of other people started doing photoshops with it and it became its own shared it thing did. like very quickly before yeah. it even blew up into And turned into like Slender a Man. real case of yeah. girls trying to sacrifice their friend to the Slender Man. Yeah. Oy. Yeah. Oy. So yeah, in that case, that's one example where it actually did become, I guess, more of an urban legend status to the point that people were trying to enact it or yeah. deal with it in person the same way you might try Bloody Mary. What's the Mary? phrase? That was, how was that formed? Um, oh, a, a discursive formation. Discursive yeah, formation. Yes, so I guess we could look at it that way. Um, or right now we have this this panic going on about Momo. Momo. 
It's because you didn't vaccinate your kids. <laughs> That's right. So you have this um, supposed... I mean, kids' YouTube is fucking weird. It's funny that Momo came back around, because I remember that from six months to a year ago. Yeah, people were yeah. saying that. They're like, Momo was like, so last year. Yeah. But like, I, this is the first I've heard of it. Okay, because I remember seeing it before. Yeah. Uh, not super long ago, but it's not like the most brand new right. kind of thing. So it was interesting seeing it just blow the fuck up mm-hmm. again. Because yeah, the Momo challenge or whatever. So kids' YouTube is fucking weird. It's mostly it's largely unregulated compared to oh because originally i don't think it was kids it wasn't it was like whatsapp or something yeah yeah but yeah so kids youtube if you Mm -hmm. look into any articles about this it's fucking weird you have all these videos that are just made by algorithms so they're not even like made by humans it's just trying to capitalize get the most views because that's how you get your ad revenue that's how you get your money it is it's fucking creepy and you get videos of just like that'll be like peppa pig paw patrol things that kids like and then it's like the weirdest, most dataist, fucked up shit. And Peppa Pig does Paw Patrol Triple X. <laughs> Worse, like they just <laughs> <laughs> things don't make sense. Everyone just starts screaming. Like, like think of that like Candle Cove episode where everyone's oh, just screaming. Fuck. And now I imagine that made by an a algorithm. Computer. That's terrible. About Peppa Pig. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Anyway, so there's this all these panics about like you know in these videos that nobody is checking because supposedly youtube Mm. says we have high editorial standards blah 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 but compared to any to literally any other literally any other you know a television station anything that functions that way to provide that kind of entertainment for kids and the regulatory standards and the reviews and the checks and the balances non-existent i have better editorial standards than youtube and i just went here and went over the fucking 10 point scale of how to fuck a corpse right and i have better editorial standards exactly And YouTube is very, it's very reactionary. Like it will, it will often only take stuff down after the harm has already been done and people have reported that. So yeah, there's this become this urban, urban legend, almost fear of like what's lurking in your kids' videos. If you let your kids go on YouTube without supervising them, is Momo going to show up in their video and tell them to kill themselves or to stab their friend in the eyes or instruct them on how to slit their wrists and record it? Like, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's so funny because as I'm saying this, I'm just like, yeah, there's so much more moral lesson in there. It's like these absentee parents are just letting their computers and tablets raise their children. And like, there's totally a moralistic lesson Last happening here. kids meet the internet. Yeah. So Momo is um, a prosthetic mask made by a Japanese FX company. I learned yeah. today. Yeah. And it's a freaky looking fucking face. So well done to this prosthetics team. And yeah, Momo supposedly will show up in your kids' videos like a ghost or some shit and tell them scary things. Because originally it was a phone number that if you called it or FaceTimed it or WhatsApped or something like that, I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly. Remember people um, talk about you WhatsApp. You would start getting called back. Oh, okay. And it, uh, it was like, I don't know if that was even remotely legitimate, if it was like a bot that would do this Presumably, or if it yeah. was just straight up people bullshitting. Like I never tried, mm-hmm. nor did I really care because it was just like more dumb shit from the internet yeah so it's wild how even in six months to a mm-hmm. year it's just evolved absolutely that's it's very urban real legend time. Yeah, it is yeah very exactly legend. yep so back to the dark web um so unfortunately it's not as exciting of a place as most of us would like to believe and as it gives way to scary creepypastas and other stories mm. on no sleep reddit and everything it's largely drug transactions <laughs> Um, child porn, although I remember hearing sometime in the last year that an anonymous team, I don't know if it was anonymous specific, or operating as, like, anonymous capital A, the sort of, like, loosely organized not organization, or if it was just a group of vigilante kind of hackers, but they took down something like 
two thirds of dark web websites because that was that much child porn on there. And the hosts supposedly are like, oh no, we don't do that shit. So yeah, there's that. Um, I'm so glad that you said that before I could say anything. Cause when you said drug transaction, I was like, sounds like a chill place. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you said child porn. It's like, Ugh. no, I remember when I first learned about the dark web, I was reading about some things and some of the dealers were fucking creative. Mm-hmm. Like this one guy um, talked about how his roommate would always get all of this like spam mail, like flyers and just all this bullshit. And he was like, man, what the fuck is like, how, what did this guy sign up for? And then one day he walks in on it, on it in his room or in the kitchen or something. And he's opening one of them and like pulls a drug packet out. And it's like, that's how his dealers deli- delivering the drugs to him is through like, just like bullshit, like flyers and shit piled up in his mailbox. Buy a pair of glasses, get two glasses. Totally. Free. Yeah. I'm like, that's genius. Cause like, oh, who would man. think of that? You just think that someone like needs to You're put like, up a no flyer sign. More bullshit, more Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's, it's so perfect. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of drug transactions, um, various things there. So part of the urban legends that come out of this, we have the red room, which is the mm-hmm. idea of this live streamed murder. Very sort Where you could like, it's almost like a campsite for murder yeah. kind of thing where you can be like, I want you to kill them this it's like way It's like chatterbait. Kind of thing. And you can give them token. You can give them money. And if you give them enough money, then they'll, you know, they'll do what you want them to do. Kind yeah. of. So yeah, back to the cam thing. Because um, I, I remember one of the more prescient hit the more public airwaves once for that was someone who supposedly captured an ISIS soldier and was going to red room them. Jeez. And then uh, the video that started the date when they went to do this, it, of course, froze. Oh, of course. And didn't go through kind right. of thing. And it was like another one of those, like, oh, so this is how they hoaxed it out. It's just like a Bitcoin scam or something. But I remember this being one of those sort of like moral panic kind of... Um, totally. Red Room mm-hmm. sort of deals. Yeah, so the Red So it's been pointed out that the, um, the dark web, like, the idea that you could live stream videos on there, they're like you can't it it would absolutely crash like they're like it's just it doesn't have the infrastructure to do that and they're like it's it's a myth like i beyond Plus, the live technological videos on the dark web when like you already see so much fucked up shit live streamed on fucking facebook exactly and, and like that's that. one of the things they say is like anything you hear about on the dark web you're gonna find you know with the possible exception of like the child porn which you're hopefully not looking for but any yeah. of the gore stuff the isis killings the anything like that it's on the clear web well there's been multiple instances of murders live streamed over facebook yeah in the last few Total- years and rapes and, and like one of those gang assault like it's like yeah it's it, uh there's been distressing. I mean, yeah even even people who are like you have the cases where people have been pulled over by the cops and started live streaming you have the one woman and her like partner i believe just got like fucking shot by the cops. So, you know, even though they might not qualify that as a murder in the same way as these other ones, it may it's, not be it's still, premeditated, but sure, it's but still, it's still uh, death being uh-huh. broadcasted in real time. Yeah, so yeah, this it's idea still murder being broadcasted. Let's yeah. be real. Sorry. Cops, yeah. Sorry. Cops, uh, no, I just want to emphasize cops yes. shooting, uh, people at, at rest. Yeah, sorry. Violent, that is violent, murder. violent assaults and violent deaths. Don't at yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. No, fair, fair enough. Yeah. That's a, that was a slip on my part. Because I don't disagree. I wasn't trying to call you out. Just yeah, more no, like I know. Point, I appreciate it. Point <laughs> emphasis to it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway, so the the red room is kind of is pretty much just. Um, I've seen some people describe it as a sort sort of contemporary take on the, sn- the the myth of the snuff film. Yes. That for the you know the the age of streaming videos and content and, and whatnot. interactivity on the web and all yes, that. Yes, exactly. It's it's the same kind of idea. Like it's it's largely a myth, if not more so, because. I mean, you have all these gore sites and stuff that will post videos of, like, you know, 
terrorist well, beheadings and stuff like that. It it's makes like, me, is that snuff? <laughs> it makes me think of in Cam with the suicide shows mm-hmm. she does, the, the, the false suicides right. that she plays up for the audience. Yep. Yeah, totally. So it, it, it's, a, it's a weird blurry line there. Yeah. And another really um, popular one to kind of get, take us back at full circle to the movie that you hear about is Assassins for Hire on the dark web. Because yes. you, can, you can buy anything. You can buy drugs. You can buy he- shrunken human heads. You can buy kidneys and body parts. And you can buy it murder. And I mean, allegedly. there have been like, <laughs> cases prosecuted of drug dealers and assassins on the dark web. Sure. Like, it's not one of those things that it hasn't... Happen. Yeah, it's and 100% I mean, you can, myth. Yeah, but again, but, it's one of those things where it's like assassins for hire. It's it's a thing regardless of the dark web existing. Yeah, same with and same with drug dealing. It's very much taken on the mythos of an yes. urban legend, even yes. if there is truth to it or not. Sure. Yeah. It's, so uh, yeah. Yeah. So we come back to unfriended the dark web, where so the basic premise. If you've seen the trailer, you know that, or if you've seen the movie, but I'm trying to go off just information shared in the trailer, so mm. as to not spoil anything. Um. You have this guy who he took a laptop that he found in the um, the lost and be- that he found in the lost and found bin at work or something. Yeah, and he's like skyping his friends because yeah, this is an interesting movie because it takes place entirely over like webcams and um, like FaceTime cameras. On I'm phones. assuming that this was a. Uh... An original conceit made in Unfriended. Mm-hmm. I never saw the first Unfriended. No, I, didn't I, I just either. saw Unfriended the Dark Web. Yeah. Um, the reason I watched it out of order partly is because I heard that they work out of order in mm-hmm. that it's more the the uh, filmmaking constraint that links them as opposed right. to anything else. Yeah, it wasn't like I a could continu- be wrong, continu- but... continuation of a previous story or anything. Yeah. But anyway, as he starts looking into this laptop and he's, you know, unencrypting hidden files and shit because it's just so full of material it keeps crashing, he finds out very quickly that this laptop seems to have blo- belonged to a dark web assassin for hire. And that there's all these people trying to contact him, and he, he's, he's discovered some pretty heinous shit, and all of a sudden, everyone's in danger, and... Yeah, it's the mix between Assassin for Hire and Snuff Film mm-hmm. kind of thing, where it's like an assassin who works Right, yeah, that's, that's true, yeah, because, yeah, specifically, it's to make these, yeah, Snuff Film, or I can't remember if they, if they imply anything's been broadcasted in that Red Room way, but... Well, but there it, is the whole channel of people who like. But yeah, they seem to they seem to order. It's, or it's the like the circle, yeah. Yeah, the so the circle that will, you know, the highest bidder will curate a, a specially made yeah. a custom video for it's you. It's like they're hired like assassins, but they are doing it for entertainment. Yeah, they're filming it and specifically like, how do you want them killed? Yeah. How do you want it filmed? Do this, okay? So it's kind of like two go urban find a girl. Sort yeah, of overlapping. It is. Uh, what do you think of this one? I liked it. I thought I thought it yeah. was yeah. It was uh, it was pretty tense at times. Thought it was clever. Like mm-hmm. um, that's one of those things where the premise or the conceit of it could get tired really fast. Yes, and who knows? Maybe if I'd seen the first one first, then this maybe it would have been tired. I can't say. I don't even know what the first but one's about. Honestly, it's <laughs> one of those things where it's like I, I liked the uh, everything done through the the guy's Skype window. Yeah, kind of that was really yeah. cool. Um. It was a little difficult to read all the text on our TV from how far back we were sitting at the time. Like, this would have worked better at a theater, maybe. Absolutely. um, It was entertaining, nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and had some some good twists and turns and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I, I loved how familiar 
bits of it felt like it was making horror familiar scenarios like mm-hmm. the whole like oh they could be watching you through your webcam and i mean like yeah. <laughs> who the fuck hasn't thought that kind of thing well how many there's a proliferation in the past couple of years of jokes on twitter and other websites where people will refer to themselves doing something and then how the fbi man inside their webcam must yeah. just be like oh my god what's going on with it like who is this person i got assigned to spy on yeah like, <laughs> yeah exactly i know that that i've on and off had bits of paper taped over my mm-hmm. webcam out of, like, i keep thinking i should like that, just that paranoia yeah. kind of thing so there's sort of things like that at work that it's familiar in this sort of digital age mm-hmm. that two people like us who spend a lot of time on the internet and uh i mean it's kind of unavoidable in this day and age to not to an extent, have to interact with the internet. Yeah. Um, but it comes so with it this proliferation of yeah. concerns about our privacy, about yeah. our identity, about, like, so many things. And we talked about, like, Cam, again, to bring it up, yep. is a big one with without those kind of concerns. Very, very contemporary mm-hmm. horror playing off of very common... And I'm loving these technological horrors that are very prescient, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, maybe this is how people felt watching stuff like Videodrome and stuff like that back in the day. That's a good Um, point. Because I love those movies Mm -hmm. anyway, but they do have a different kind of... Well, Videodrome may not be the best example because it's like, oh, this shit's still... Like, you could apply that even to the Red Room snuff myth. Right, yeah. But it's the kind of thing where it's just like, there are some tech-based horror movies of the past, or even just movies. Like, I remember fucking Hackers from the mid-90s. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, it feels so antiquated and funny yeah, now. so quaint. But, or maybe uh, something like, ring you with, like, the, the killer videotape. Like, yeah, bring, exactly. bring videotapes into okay, our homes. Okay, sidebar. I fucking love that about, um... Sadako versus Kaiko, which is like the ring versus oh. the grudge, where it's like they get the killer videotape, and then they're like, they have to hunt down a VCR because no one has fucking VCRs anymore. Yeah, that's so great. I thought that was fucking Oh, hilarious. it was brilliant, yeah. Um, and one thing that I like about these these contemporary technological horrors, too, is that they could take the approach of condemning it and being like... Like, you know, where you have the people, you know, that idea of the baby boomers or whatever older generation being like, you kids and your technology, no wonder you guys are having so many, like, violent, so much violence happening and so much this, that, and the other thing. All of societal collapse happening right now is because of the internet, because of computers and laptops and tablets and those pesky iPhones. And they don't take that approach that's very, like... No, they don't. They don't condemn the technology, they just... It's an avenue for horror. It is, basically. yeah, which I, which is great because, yeah, even though it's, in this case, it's going off of that, like, sort of urban legend idea, it's not using it as therefore didactic, like, therefore the internet is bad. Like an unfriended, therefore. the group is getting together because it's a way for them to bridge socializing online to mm-hmm. have a game tonight. Yeah. Like, they've got one friend that lives in England, and it's the kind of thing that that would never... They couldn't have an in-person games night in the way mm-hmm. that they can in the Skype thing. And, exactly. Um, and it's not done at the expense of, therefore, we should all isolate ourselves and live purely through technology. I know one person's in the movie is remiss that it's like, oh, come on, let's just all come over and hang out kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but it's one of those things that kind of just shows this is how it is. Yeah. And within this structure that is our modern lives, what horror can we... Yeah, do without being like shitting on modern life itself. I just for the sake of it. Earlier social horror from like the seventies and eighties where 
it's very much just showing a slice of modern life and then the horror movie version of that. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a bit of a different take, but like think of Dawn of the Dead from 1978 where it's really showing the explosion of consumerism Mm -hmm. and the horror that comes with that. Totally. Um, So, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I think that that's a really cool take Mm -hmm. that these movies are presenting. Yeah, they're, they're actually, I guess, genuinely fairly neutral. Yeah. about it like they're just like it is what it is mm-hmm. this is what how we live so yeah like you said what can what can we do yeah. to bring out the scares in this which i guess you could argue might be defeatist but if you're not working from the point that they're inherently negative at the start well, exactly then then like, it's not exactly defeatist it's right? not i wouldn't say yeah yeah it all depends on your perspective i, I mean if it was 100 percent from the the point of view that it's like oh the e- the internet is evil and here's why then it would be a very defeatist look at things sure like, I'm thinking back to the more fear that you get out of movies like Pulse and all that, which mm-hmm. they weren't saying the nerd is evil because that's our landscape, but more because uh, back in 98, it was more of this uh, nebulous unknown yeah. kind of thing. And so it was working fear with those fears. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, how many for how many movies we have about, like, the, the scary unknown of, like, outer space and, yes. like, all deep the sea, deep sea yeah. all these places that are unexplored, unknown. Like, of course, there's going to be rich a rich environment to create these different horror stories it's funny when i was on that panel for filmmakers they asked what's the scariest thing you can think of and i'm pretty sure the entire panel other than me went deep sea <laughs> and i'm just like the sea is beautiful the sea is awesome <laughs> deep space yeah because <laughs> um, no one can hear you in space anyway yeah so unfriended unfriended uh dark web. deep dark web i do recommend it mm-hmm. um it's fun yeah, I just kind of got this. I, I'd heard what was the review I heard that it was the meanest movie Blumhouse has made to date, mm-hmm. like the cruelest. And so, I, that of course, it, piqued my interest. Yeah, it, I would say I'm not that I've seen every single one, but I would say it's pro- it probably lived up to that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty there mean. Is, there's a bit of a mean spirit in there, <laughs> there in, in a way that is not off putting. No. I would say like I still enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. So it reminded me. It reminded me of ours of Donor, where it has that same sort of like. That was a very mean spirited movie. It is, and we didn't make it trying to be as mean spirited. We wanted it to be shocking, but we weren't trying to and be like, mean spirited. Darkly comedic. Yeah. But yeah. No. As we, I remember we were doing the sound editing as it was coming together. We were just sitting there like, this is this is mean. Like. Yeah. Very mean spirited, so <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. So, next one we watched was Alligator from 1980. Yes, <laughs> this is a classic urban legend story. Basic, basic premise too, where um, someone gets a pet baby alligator and then flushes it down the toilet before it can grow too big. And it just lives in the sewer and grows bigger and bigger. It becomes a monster. And a menace to society. That is the extent of the plot, like the backgrounding plot in this movie. Yeah. And, but I mean, I've, I've heard, I heard that tale as a kid, like, oh, mm-hmm. down in like Florida or like you yeah. know, someplace like that. That's totally happened. Yeah. There's, there's alligators living in the sewers. We've heard Absolutely. that. Absolutely. There are Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well, but that's, yeah, that's for another Yeah, if there's Ninja day. Turtles, there's gators. There's gotta be gators. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to see that crossover. Hell Yeah. Yeah. TMNT versus alligator. Oh shit, I'm I'm there. <laughs> but yeah, this was a fucking fun movie. Yes, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, like I, I love animal attack movies, mm-hmm. especially like monstrous animal attack this guy, movies. This was a massive fucking gator. <laughs> yeah. It's um I really loved 
how they went for it. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of movies that could do this thing, they could do the whole beating around the bush, um, slow drive thing for it before finally revealing the monster right. at the end. You like they did, like they did like... with Jaws, which was great for Jaws. Like, don't get me wrong, Jaws is a brilliant movie, but we have Jaws. Yes, Jaws not has everything happened. has to try to be we Jaws. We don't have to do what Jaws did again, because Jaws exists. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they kind of, like, really leaned into the... Let's have scenes of alligators attacking people and just and like show over the and over. Gator, yeah, <laughs> that was great. It was like I, I again like I, I think Jaws was really smart in how they yep. played their hand, but we don't need a rip off of that. Yeah, I mean, you don't need, like, and you don't need to be done every single yeah, time. The premise is already close enough as it is. Yeah, like just do your own thing. Like yeah, man. Yeah, so it was. Uh, I loved the action sequences with the gator, like especially when the gator crashes the wedding. Oh, beautiful! That comrade was comrade gator. <laughs> I will say not comrade gator because gator chows through a bunch of the wait staff before that's getting true. to any of the rich yeah, assholes. That's true. Because yeah, it was the, the like, oh my god, they're going to this like hoity-toity fucking wedding, or just like, oh man, it's comrade first gator. First person he eats is a maid. Though. Yeah. Okay. That... And then like kills a butler, and yeah. it's like he he his intentions were pure, but he the execution was not so good. There's some class traitor. I mean, he did do some nice hoity-toity smushing, this and that true. was great. Yeah, but no, I thought that was so funny. They were like, oh my god, we have to go get to the island to like stop the gator from attacking the wedding of these like rich fucks, and it's like yeah. Go Gator, go! Go Gator, go! <laughs> yeah. He's eating cops. He's eating the bourgeoisie. He's, oh, hell yeah. He's Conrad Alligator. Like, um, when the fucking alligator hunter guy hires the street kids, a.k.a. a group of black kids, yeah, to, a like, young urban youth. Lead, lead me through this place, because you must know the streets, and I will pay you, like, $10 a day to, like, risk your life and limb. And then, so I can get the reward and, and all the glory. Yeah, and then when the gator just like fucks that dude shit right up, how the 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 leader of the quote unquote urban kids just like sees that shit, picks up the guy's rifle and books it, and it's like <laughs> I love this sweet poetic justice. Yeah, yeah, that was a good that was a good time. Yeah, and then there was a bit of a Jaws moment. Where um, in Jaws we have the very shocking moment where the kid on the raft gets attacked by the shark, and it's just like, holy fuck, a sh- a child harmed in a horror movie, like that was so taboo then. It's still taboo now. It's still pretty shocking to see. <laughs> so of course in Alligator they have to have him work. He gets eaten in a swimming pool. Right. And it's like, <laughs> I'm supposed to be completely shook by this, but the way it played out because it was a bunch of kids dressed as pirates making him walk the plank. Right. Was, yeah, exactly. Your reaction. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as what this does with the urban legend, I feel like it plays pretty close to the original kind of premise mm-hmm. and just because it's such a, a minor basic premise. It is. It's not really that, much to it beyond the just, did you know they're yeah. down there? So I kind of respect that it just kind of basically did that and mm-hmm. did the most logical, like, therefore there's a gator fucking people up. Therefore monstrous animal attack movie. Mm-hmm. Boom. Classic. And I, I think that that was really cool about it. Yeah, I like um, that. I had a hard time finding a copy of this movie. I got, like, a Korean It's a Korean bootleg, or something, yeah. It's like the only not a bootleg, on a Korean release of this yeah. movie that, um, not the greatest quality, but... Good enough that I was able to actually watch this movie. So if there's it. any big labels out there like Scream Factory or Severin or Vinegar Syndrome or anyone who wants to release Alligator, fucking do it. Yeah. 
because I would first love a love like a lovely HD restoration restoration of this movie. Beautiful. It, it, it deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, I guess the other one to complete the trifecta of movies <laughs> based on urban legends is one of Stranger Calls. Yes. Yeah, this was a first time watch for you as well, wasn't it? Was. It was. Yeah, because I had seen all of these before except for Unfriended. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think? Oh, not gonna lie, I got bored. Okay, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got bored and uh, wasn't super invested. I liked, because I mean, that's another one that's a very basic, like, story, where yeah. I was like, how are they going to make a whole movie out well, of this? Well, the basic premise is the whole babysitter watching some kids gets phone calls that are like, have you checked the children? And she's like, what the fuck? Who's this creep? Yeah. And then whatever is done to tr- to find out that the calls are coming from inside the house, yep. whether it's the police tracking it or you know, whatever. So you got the, the, co- the, the caller is inside the house thing. And you've also got that like classic, have you checked the children? Yeah. How, have you done going? your, your good duty as a caregiver, as a feminine yeah. caregiver of children? Because black Christmas does the yeah, caller in the inside house, the house, right. but it's not based on the, have you checked no, the children myth? It's not. And then, um, you know, babysitter finally goes in and checks and whether it's the, the kids are dead and the dude's covered in, or the, the collar is like covered in their blood or the kids are missing. I think when I was a kid, I heard that the kid the kids were missing. Oh, it was dead when I was a kid. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I think I remember hearing the kids are missing and oh my God, what's going to happen next? And nobody knows. So right. I thought maybe that's what they were going to go for. Okay. And then I was like, well, maybe it's going to be like, and then I, a part of me, cause when, what year is this from? Do you know? 79. 79. Okay. So it'd be a little early to do the, like to do the babysitter slasher kind of thing. Yeah, Halloween would have been 77, 78. Right, so it, it was still pretty new. It was kind of on pretty, those... Just on the cusp. <laughs> like, you could almost say that this was probably riding that wave. Yeah, just taking a very different yeah. approach. Yeah, so I don't know if we are going to get, like, a like a babysitter slasher kind of thing or what they were going to go for. And so I liked how um, at some point in the movie it follows <clears throat> um, a woman who... I don't know how old she is, but let's just say she's she's not in her twenties and she's not trying to look twenty. Yeah. So it's really cool. It was it was cool to see like. Invest- oh, the woman at the bar, at the bar who was being yeah. hounded by the by guy the har- who escaped yeah. from I was like, asylum. it's really cool that we're like following this woman, this like you know middle aged woman who doesn't take any shit. Who's you yeah. Know, she 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 get the impression she's like a total spinster yeah. and just curmudgeon. And I'm like, I love that I'm like rooting for her. Yeah, and I'm invested cool. in her. This is really cool and that's inventive. not the kind of character you typically see the movie take that kind of like you I really would have expected don't. victim. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Up, you know, or it's like, and and like and and not only victim but like deserving victim. Yeah, and the movie plays it like she's gonna be the victim for quite a while, mm-hmm. and it just keeps rolling on that. But then it 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 sort of builds that investment of I don't want her to be the victim. Yeah, um, and then we just kind of then the story just moves on, and you're like, oh, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, this is a bye, very my cool aunt that um, I never had. Scatter shot. Yeah, plot line, um, like seeing it for the a multiple time kind of thing the plot kind of does follow an arc and you see it coming mm-hmm. but given what you're set up for at the beginning and then the way it goes in the middle and the way it changes to go in the middle and then the ending yeah it's one of those things where it does kind of hop about it does and yeah, I have to say, by the time we get back to the you know original babysitter from the original urban legend kind I of thing, I forgot how 
absent Carol Kane was from this yeah. movie. Like she's there in the first twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and then she disappears. And then you, you hear like, "Oh, she'll be fine." Until the last like quarter, like fifteen yeah. minutes of the movie. Yeah, and by then I was like, "Okay, I'm I." Yeah. Whatever. And yeah, it, it was, it was, I have to say it was, it was disappointing to see, can I, can I give like a sort of general spoiler? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I gotta say it was disappointing to see going from focusing like in this unconventional way on this unconventional, well, not unconventional person because these women, these people exist in real life. Unconventional for a Hollywood But unconventional standard. for like, you know, film land, Hollywood yeah. land to go from showing that and being like, oh wow, this is like really like inventive. Well, it shouldn't be, but it is. And cool to having the like. The shrinking violet, pretty white blonde lady who is saved by the cop at the last minute yeah. and rescued by a man, and like I was like, oh, that's that's lame. Yeah. Eh. So, yeah, this this one was like not a huge hit for me. Like I won't, I wouldn't say I like disliked it, but I was kind of just like, eh. I take this one because when it's effective, I think yeah, it's really effective. That's true. Like the beginning twenty minutes, oh yeah, and that's all that, good. I thought was really fucking solid, mm-hmm. and I really like what you said about this woman from the bar and all that. Like I thought that was really good. It's almost like it was a bunch of really good beats, mm-hmm. kind of weirdly stuck together, really stitched together into one yeah. movie for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I don't true. think it's ineffective at what it's doing at no. any given point, but that's at the right. same time. It does feel meandering. Yeah, and as a whole. Like, it's what like... is this movie doing? And I'm not saying that it has to be so focused precisionly that, like, it can't do other things. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of like that it takes different tacks. But I get what you mean where it does feel like the focus shifts faster than maybe we as the audience. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like... Okay, we're invested in this. We're finally invested in this. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, we're just going a different. We're going direction. elsewhere. Bye. And then you're like, oh, okay. And then and then by the time you're invested in that, it's like, oh, we're gonna go this way. Babysitter's here, and I'm like, oh, I'm I okay. She's apparently fine, so I'm mm-hmm. not invested in this. Yeah. What the fuck's this guy doing? Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, it does have a bit of the urban legend, the other one backstory going of, and then. The, it turns out the killer escaped from the asylum. And yes, is the crazy the escaped the asylum and is out for... Because we see that in, like, the, the hook hand yeah. story and all that Yeah, all these sort of, like, lover's point, make-out point, whatever. I think of that Millennium episode, Madhouse, where people are getting killed in ways that are similar to urban legends, and it turns out that it's the... At a local asylum, there are people there that were incarcerated for doing these things uh, and that it's almost like they're escaping and committing these acts again but there's right. no way they could have and just very millennium-esque kind of thing. Like, and then it has a very one of my favorite episodes. I remember the first time I saw that episode it was like at 1am when oh. I was all alone in the house. That episode creeped me the fuck out. I bet. Um, I need to see. I've only seen when I've only watched through Millennium the one time and I I and very very spotty memory. So it's that's one that I would absolutely love to watch through again. I've watched through it a we few times. We can podcast times, about and it. I fucking love that show. Yeah. And appreciation for the real star of Millennium, which is Jordan Frank's daughter, <laughs> Jordan Black. She's a queen. We stand. And that's saying something. Where you're saying Jordan Black is the real star of Millennium when you're talking about a show with fucking Lance with Lance Henderson. In it. I, I I feel like he would he would hear that and be like, yeah, she is the real star. Yeah. Because, yeah, he's incredible, Because Lance Hamilton's uh, amazing, but, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic in, like, everything I've ever seen him in. Cool. So, yeah, no diss to Lance, but anytime there's a 
there's a sweet kiddo involved. I'm like, she's the star, guys. She's the one we're really invested in. Just just having a good time acting her yeah. heart out, having lots of fun. I love it. So, fourth movie we did watch to uh, sort of tie all this together is we watched a sort of meta take mm-hmm. on the Urban Legends by a watching... scream meta take, so it's a very yeah. particular kind of meta take. 1998's Urban Legend, in which it's a slasher movie where the killer is reenacting Urban Legends... Uh, that's how the kills are being mm-hmm. done. Like, uh, you got the... Stranger the, in the backseat. Yeah. It opens with... Which was amazing because fucking Brad Dorff was there. Yes! And I fucking and love that. even As the killer. The gas station attendant, we got Brad Dorff, and it's like, I love yeah. this. Yeah. We were like, oh, because his name wasn't even in the opening credits. So no, we saw we're like, it's, it's, it's him! Oh my it's God! Chucky. It's Chucky! <laughs> it's Charles Lee Ray! I got the impression you weren't the biggest fan of this movie. Yeah, like, it started out, like, I was kind of like, okay, this is interesting, and then, yeah, I don't know, it just, it seemed, like, you know how we were talking about, um, like, the dark web one, and we're like, okay, going off, or, or I guess any of them, where it's like, okay, going off this premise, it'll be, you know, it was nice to see the take they took with it. I feel like with this one, it was about exactly what you would expect for a movie going off of this premise, which... As in a slasher movie where the killer uses urban legends. Yeah, and doesn't... Full stop. Full stop, exactly. It doesn't really do any... In my opinion, other than some of the odd, like, references or, like, mm. metatextual stuff, it doesn't really do much that's, like, super interesting or inventive with it, See, so... I liked that it took this tact for, like, a late 90s teen slasher movie mm-hmm. because it was a bit of an interesting... Um tack to take with uh what is a very like the genre itself is so it can be so straightforward kind mm-hmm. of thing um like scream was very brilliant in how it um played with these uh like the metatextual yeah aspect of it but with these movies they're often so straightforward and just like here's the killer here's the slasher we're just doing the slasher cycle again mm-hmm. for the late 90s crowd. Yeah. So I did appreciate that they actually had a hook like a lot of the yeah, 80s slasher movies kind of did. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of them, the hook is way less interesting than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I did appreciate that, but I totally get what you mean where it felt like the uh, the movie didn't progress tons yeah it's like it didn't do that. much i guess not that yeah. it necessarily had to but it would have yeah. been cool if it did i, I would have loved it if it, it did. did yeah because yeah. it's like okay you already have all this this cultural narrative and text and stuff available to you what are you gonna do with it and it's like absolutely nothing yeah just gonna present it as is and it's like oh okay <laughs> like i feel like Candyman was a much more interesting yes take on doing the metatextual urban legend Absolutely. kind of thing. Yeah, because it kind of going off with that idea of Bloody Mary and you yeah. say the name in the mirror and but it appears. With, but, but the the plot is these PhD more. students yeah. researching urban legends. Yes, and exactly. Then, yeah, no, it was it was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean I liked because this one was def- definitely had some of that like comedy to it too. Like it was goofy. Yeah. Which I, you know, I always appreciate because I think horror and comedy go together like I don't know, my fingers are crossed. Like this, right. If you can hear if you can hear my fingers, they're crossed around each other. Like peanut butter and jelly or whatever. Mm. No, like like chocolate and coconut. Like that's macaroni a great and cheese. Fucking combination. 
Anyway, um, like I like how they kind of goofed with this idea of the folkloric, like the, the story gets retold so many times in so many different contexts that it gets like fucked up and changed. Mm. Like when you, uh, that one I wasn't aware of, but that song with the scream in it. Oh yeah. Love the, roller coaster, yeah. They yeah. fuck up the retelling. Like, no, that's not what happened. It just, it made me think of, um, cause as I've mentioned, I've been, well, I haven't really watched it since you come back, but I, I rewatched the first season of the L word. Right. And, um, when the second season starts and the, you find out the character that got written off, apparently attempted suicide and has been like whisked off to Europe to live with her mummy again. Because yeah. to, um, every time it's brought up, they're like, Oh, did you hear that? She slit her wrist. No man. She drove off a bridge. No, she overdosed on pills in a hotel right. room. The bellboy found her just in time. No, she was going to stand up. She, she was standing out at the window and the bellboy rescued her right before she jumped. And like, just, and I mean, that's obviously coming from a, a very different sort of, um, that sort approach. of broken telephone. Yeah. And, and they're passing down. Of yeah. And they're yeah. definitely doing it in a goofy, like, well, yeah. And like a, a drama situation as opposed to like a horror situation. Yeah. So different approach, but it's still that same kind of goofy, like playing with the idea of like, yeah, the broken telephone, but also this like the, the like urban myth, pro- mythification process even, I guess, and how that's, that's yeah. how, it, how it comes to be and how it changes over time. Right. Yeah. 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 I thought that was uh, pretty cool about it too. Mm-hmm. Um, because thankfully, since it was doing the metatextual thing, they actually did pay heed to the self-referential nature of the movie, mm-hmm. which I thought was good because it would have been really weird if it was doing the meta slasher thing and then didn't even have that sense of clarity about yeah. it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, it also suffers from that. Well, I also suffer. I don't know, but from that, po- that post scream, like I'm winking at the camera a little bit too much. That's true. And that's that's, true. that's I think what I was kind of like. Eh. You're like you're yeah. not adding anything super new to this concept, and you're also being like, hey, did you see that? I think Wink. I would have been less bummed out if it wasn't that we had to see Jared. Leto I was going to say if Jared Leto wasn't in it. <laughs> if it was someone else winking at, winking at the camera, that would have been better. But like anybody else, it was that dipshit. <laughs> yeah. No, I prefer to be winked at by people that don't, like, weirdly sexually harass their coworkers and call it method acting. Yeah. Yeah. Or that's just me. and then call it being a rock star. Right. Yeah. But that, that's that's none of our business. We both take a sip from our drinks. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to be dramatic with that. Yeah. But, yeah, this, the timing worked. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. Of the four, do you have a favorite? I think Unfriend of the Dark Unfriended, Web. cool. Yeah. How about you? Probably Alligator. Oh, yeah. My new, yeah, Alligator gets an, like, I, yeah. Yeah, it, I think. It's definitely close for me, but Alligator's is, probably yeah, Alligator is probably Yeah, Alligator was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like them for different reasons. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Like, I, I think out of out of all of them, I was, like, the most consistent, like, kind of on the edge of my seat for um, Unfriended. I think so, too. It yeah. was a bit hard to say because I had never seen it before right. and I had Whereas seen Alligator. But Alligator is, I, I think even from the beginning, it was more like I had a lot of fun yes, with it as a horror movie, exactly. as opposed to like, ooh, like, this Like, oh has my god, me, I'm like, on the edge of my seat. Like, yeah. yeah, one was very tense, whereas the other one was like, I'm just having a great time, yeah. and like, this Absolutely. is fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's some there's some, some scares in here, but it's also just like, just, just this fun. Which so. I think is valid both yes. ways you cut it. I love both kinds of horror movies, so. Me too. Yeah, that was, uh, that was good. Um. I suppose it's a time for recommendations. I suppose it is. Did you want to go first this time, or sure? Like, do I, 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 we we used to try and be like, oh, let's alternate, and then we like never remember the. I'm order. saying this next time, so I remember I'll go first next week. Deal. 
Okay. Um, so yeah, I was trying to think of stuff and it occurred to me, I don't actually can't, other than the, like the ones we talked about, I don't really know a lot of horror movies or have, cause I haven't seen a lot of horror movies based off of, um, urban myths, legends, right. anything like that. So, um, I decided instead of a horror movie, I'm going to recommend the television show Channel Zero, oh, which nice, is, nice. In, which is based off of creepypastas, which are, you know, mm. these, these modern sort of urban myths from the internet. So jumping off of watching Unfriended the Dark yeah. Web almost. Yeah, the very, the very sort of contemporary, um, and these ones, like, at least the ones shown in the story, they actually do have known authors mm-hmm. who are credited. Like, I know the show creator, um, Nick Antosca actually... Got, would get in contact with the the authors right like of of Candle Cove of No End House of um, Search and Rescue Woods which is yeah. what the third one is based off of and um, yeah actually like get, you know not only credited them but also brought them in like the consulting process and well how, that's awesome yeah like, which is fantastic because he obviously we get the impression we, that that didn't happen with Slenderman nope. so it's nice to see them doing it right the show was just canceled unfortunately. Um, we still have to watch Dream Door, don't we? We do, we yeah. We the last yeah, one. Yeah, we finally got it. So, yeah, yeah it's, on, it's on Shutter. It's on mm-hmm. iTunes, which I know you got it mm-hmm. from. Um, personally, so yeah, we haven't seen Dream Door, which is the fourth season. I personally, if I had to pick one season to recommend, I would do No End House. I thought that was... Same. Yeah, that was the strongest one for me. Because it, it's it's one of those shows that, like, I like it, but it kind of has that American Horror Story thing where it... It, it starts out really strong and then it kind of like teeters out towards the end. Yeah. Where, but it's only like, what, six episodes, eight I episodes? I think Butcher's Block had my favorite sense of characterization. Yeah. With the, the protagonists yeah, and all that. Just, that's true. Not just the main characters, but the supporting characters too. That's true. But as far as the story and the general thing, I think No End House yeah. has it for sure. Like that one actually got me right in the feels, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, um, we'd have to report back on Dream Door. Yeah. Which we can do eventually. But yeah, I think they're, what, like eight episode seasons? Yeah, six or eight six episodes. Six or eight, yeah, yeah. They're pretty short. So even if, if you do find it kind of like, you know, you lose an interest towards the end, it's like, oh, I only have two episodes left. I yeah. might as well finish it. And you still get yeah, a like good story. Yeah, like Cove, I felt like it was mostly good. Then it kind of began to teeter at the end and mm-hmm. then it got good again. Yeah. Um, no End House, I didn't get bored at all. I didn't either. And Butcher's Block, I felt like it was just like, I I got confused almost. Like, yeah. like, wait, where the fuck are you going with this? And then say, it wrapped yeah. up and it's like, oh, that's where it's going yeah. with this. Yeah, I have to say I was disappointed with Bitch Butcher's Block only because Search and Rescue Woods is like one of my favorite creepypastas. I read it right. before I knew what, like, that it was specifically, like, fictional. Yeah. So I was like, how, how, I was like, oh, are some of these, sto-? like, I, I got the impression that it was very sort of campfire stories, but I was like, yeah. how much of this shit is actually true? Like, what goes on in the woods, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I remember reading that and just being, like, totally absorbed in it. Like, I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, staircases in the woods? Oh, my God. And that ended up being about the only thing that they took from it was random staircases in the woods. In yeah. the woods. It's almost like so, if you could divorce it from that, yeah. it's really fucking sick. But, it is, like, yeah, yeah, it's exactly. It's one of those things that, like, yeah, going I into appreciate it. where you're coming from because I also, like, when I actually think about the source material it's based on, I just sit here thinking, like, fucking how? Exactly, other than like, stairs in the so woods. Like, it's so barely based on it that, yeah. like... It's like, I feel, I feel like they could do another season more closely based on it. And it would be completely different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's my one kind of, I guess, issue with that one. Other than you said, like, where it sort of, like, teeters out and then all of a sudden it comes back. And, but, yeah, yeah it's, 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 a, it's a fun series. It's, um, I was, before it started, I was kind of waiting for someone to do that. Because I was like, there's so much good shit out there. Why yeah. is nobody using this source material? Someone finally did. Yeah. It lasted four seasons. We'll see what else comes of it. Anyway, your yeah, recommendation. Cool. 
My recommendation is Bob Clark's 1974 movie, Death Dream. This one is based on the monkey's paw legend. Mm. Um, essentially, in the opening shots of the movie, we see a young man get killed in Vietnam. Okay. Like, he's in the war, and he gets gunned down. And his family, hope against hope, wants him to return to the point where his mother has all this positive wishing and wants him to come back. And then one day he shows up on their door after we've already seen him get gunned down. And it just turns into total horror moviesville from there. Because mm, uh, it didn't come back right. <laughs> it has so much heart to it, though. Like, oh, it's yeah? one of those things that I remember the first time I saw it, the ending just had me fucking devastated Aww. kind of thing. It's a, it's a bit dated. Fair enough. But it's a really cool movie if you can look past that sort of thing. Yeah, like, I, like, I haven't seen it. it, but I bet you could probably, based on what you've said of it just now, I bet you could probably do a reading of it where it's almost like a horror movie's explanation, or not explanation, but sorry, exploration of the idea of like shell shock and coming back changed. Absolutely. And that That is yeah. very much a part of it. Yeah. So yeah. that that sounds like it'd be really cool. Yeah. And it's a good mediation, uh, mediation on grief. Oh yeah! Like I think that that's a really yeah. cool part of it. That's that's always good when you can ex- when somebody can do something with that. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of movies they don't that. really play the grief quite that well. Like I mean, horror movies are full of grief, but they're so surface level yeah. and like slicked out, and mm-hmm. the kind of thing where the grief is just a means to an end. Yeah, it's, it's whereas, kind of there. As opposed yeah, to... this is kind of like a a real big part of the plot. Yeah, and I think that makes it really interesting. And of course, Bob Bob Clark did. I'm pretty sure the same fucking year Black Christmas came out. Mm. So, you know, um, powerhouse of these, like, early <laughs> yeah. horror movies. And, uh, yeah, I recommend yeah. Death Room. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Because um, I have to say, like, as I'm coming closer to doing my, like, psychology practicum and stuff, and I'm thinking about, like, I, I remember in my interview with my site, they asked me about how I would, um, like, how do you feel about dealing with someone who is, like, suicidal or in crisis? And I was like, well... You know, I like it's it's a bit alarming because obviously it would be like a kind of you know alarming situation. But I was like, I don't feel that. Like, oh no, I can't do that. But mm. and I didn't mention this to them, but I'm, I'm I was thinking about it after. I'm like, if I have to think of any like one issue that really makes me like uncomfortable, the idea of dealing with it's grief and like bereavement. Right. Because I'm like, okay, so, like you know, someone who is like in, in crisis, like suicidality, like just talk to them. Like yeah. you got to keep cool, obviously, and you kind of have to like. Yeah be able to control your own, you know, emotions and your, your values and stuff and try and just do what you can for them in the moment Yeah, and like, listen to them. But yeah, you know, the idea of, of grief, cause, cause I think it's, it's one of those things that like you see some, you see somebody you love, especially upset and you, you want to do something to like help them or to, to make that go away. And you can't, and grief is one of those things you have to just like, you know, time heals all wounds. I know it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a cheesy saying, but that's pretty much the only thing that really helps is time. Yeah, what are you going to say? It's just like, yeah. oh, this person you love died and you miss them. This too shall pass. And it's like, yeah, well, it's it like, will, but it's help. not because they're going to come back to life. Yeah. No, like, it's, it's just this that happened you have to sit with it and that's really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they know when you went, so I absolutely appreciate when, uh, whether it's a movie or a book or any, any sort of like text can tackle grief and like a meaningful and actually deal directly with it right like, look it in the eyes and say like we're exploring you yeah we're not just uh acknowledging you we're actually like sitting with you and digging into it and exploring through the muck that is grief yeah 
So, Urban Legends, they uh, make some pretty fucking good horror movies. They certainly can. Uh, at the very least, entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess this is a topic we will pick up again a bit later when we talk about movies that have their own internal urban legends. Yeah, their own mythology. Yeah, and um, I'm looking forward to that to doing that as yeah, well because there are some movies that we purposely left out of the discussion. Yeah, or out of the recommendations even. Yeah, here today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, cool. Um, anything else you wanted to add before we sign out? No, I don't think so. Okay, well. Take it easy and keep it sleazy. Yeah, you better.